What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Never Made Varsity Podcast. My name is David Rivera, and you can find me on Twitter at D underscore River underscore O. Hello, all. Again, it's me, Maverick. You can find me on social media at Heartbreak underscore underscore Kid. <laughs> is it two underscores? Hey. Underscore yes. underscore. Oh, I don't know is that. that is that new branding? David, where underscore, have you been forever? I don't know, man. I've just been a, in a blur. I've seen all these creators actually just saying all of the underscores, and it sounds better. <laughs> uh, hey, everyone. I'm Aaron. I am currently shoe shopping on my computer, and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. And my name's Colby. Uh, you can still hit me up for rates, on, and I will root for your World Cup team. And you can find me on Twitter at Colby Complaints. All one word. Yeah, am I missing out on like this? I, I don't know. I feel kind of bad because we do a sports podcast, but I don't really particularly care about soccer either. On top, you're of not baseball. missing out. But it, it's I, I kind of feel bad because I feel like it, you're like, not it's missing out on soccer. You're missing out on baseball, though. I mean, I've been watch like I've been watching UNC's baseball team, but that's not. I'm not going to watch Major League Baseball. Maybe though, for this World Cup, you might have been because it seems like there's been some pretty solid games so far. Well, I, I've been keeping up on Twitter because every you know it's a you know worldwide event, obviously, yeah. and so people have been saying that you know I know that um, Argentina, wait, was it Argentina? No, I know Mexico beat Germany today. Yeah, yes, they did. Germany was someone who I thought was going to be a favorite, so that was definitely uh, a big upset. And Switzerland tied with Brazil, which was a big upset, also, right? Mm-hmm. And then, also, um, Argentina or Iceland tying Argentina. That was, was it. Yep, Iceland. Yeah. I watched 25 minutes of that game, and I was so bored. And it was the last 25 minutes, too. It wasn't like a random 25 minutes. I don't understand how you can sit and watch the pitcher watch the catcher for, like, minutes at a time trying to figure out what pitch they're about to throw and say that is more exciting than soccer. But deciding what pitch to throw takes, like, five seconds. Just nodding and shaking their head. That's yeah, that's, the, that's the constant game action that you're talking about with baseball. Well, someone who played, like, <laughs> I've played it a lot. When I, it's like it helps, but like I do understand where like if it can be complicated and like almost useless to a lot of people. But it, there's a lot of psychology that goes into it. Yeah, baseball is a very mental sport. For context, See, but... oh, uh, yeah, in in our group message earlier this week, uh, just for what I was talking about. Aaron called baseball constant game action. <laughs> and I tried to figure out what the constant action of baseball is for the past three or two days. The ball gets pitched like literally 300 times during the course of the three hour game. And then they catch it and just throw it back. Yeah. For most of the time, because Major League pitchers are too good. Are yeah. you actually wanting to call well, so just yeah. a game of catch. You were just da- David was saying that football is fun, even though there's 11 minutes of game time in a three-hour, 12-minute broadcast because they're performing physical feats. Is baseball not performing a physical feat? Your body's not supposed to be able to throw a ball at 95 miles an hour a hundred times. Yeah, but that's not watching people throw a ball back and forth is not as exciting as the 11 game minutes of football. No, let's, mm, let's, no, that's totally true. What do you mean? Let's, mm. let's agree. That's, a, let's mm, agree. that's like, oh, you got the point. Let's high agree octane, to disagree. High octane sport, feats of athleticism, the likes of which we've probably never seen 
versus playing catch for 95% of the game. And I know that your brother's probably going to at me on Twitter because of this, again, because he's like a hound dog. Like, he's my he's my own personal watchdog that's just following me. <laughs> like, he's going to follow me to hell. personal <laughs> troll. What'd you say about baseball? So what y'all well, I mean, me, I mean you could you could the the feats of athleticism that you're saying for football, it's just people running into each other. You can make Bro. an argument that feats of athleticism are being performed in baseball too. Other than the only But it doesn't look could, as cool. Like the only thing that looks cool in, in baseball is when somebody makes like a diving catch or, or robs a home run, which is cool. I'll give you that. Like I'm not gonna take that away from you because that's crazy as hell. But if you're trying to if I had to pick between the best like diving catch or athletic catch from baseball and like OBJ one handing it over somebody. Which one am I gonna pick? Probably OBJ, bro. Have you seen Austin Jackson's catch falling into the bullpen last year? I have no, no idea. Because, because no awesome. one cares about baseball. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. You're excited about the heels. But no, what y'all are telling me is because y'all like high octane, high athleticism and but without the injuries, y'all should get into wrestling. I actually yeah, cool. I watch, like when I, I watch, watch when I watch wrestling. I think it's pretty cool. And actually, most of the time uh, they don't even get hurt. What, uh, uh, Maverick? There's a. I meant to tell you this in the in the, in the group me, but I'll just do it on the podcast because I don't I don't care. But <laughs> there's a podcast called uh, Prince and the Wolf. Uh, it's on iTunes, and it has a uh, Freddie Prince Jr. and Josh Wolf. It's a comedian and the guy that played Freddie in the live action uh, Scooby Doo movie. Yeah, it's those two, and he actually wrote for WWE for a couple years. I know Freddie Prince. He's also in Star Wars Rebels. Exactly. Yeah, he voices he's, he's, uh, he's on the uh, the podcast and the YouTube show that I watch a lot. He's Wait, what do you mean wrote? Do you mean that it's not completely live, completely real life? Like well, he like he write... No one tell him. Uh, far, far away, <laughs> and a long time ago, they found and, the uh, transcript. Somebody somewhere. And he, he has a podcast, and uh, he spends a lot. He spends a lot of time talking about uh, the WWE and the UFC. So I was going to tell you that that might interest you in case you wanted a podcast to listen to. It is starting to bleed over. If y'all have y'all heard, y'all might have heard of CM Punk. Yes, he's now an MMA. He, he got his he got his behind handed to him <laughs> in the UFC, but he's still going Multiple over time. Of course, you have Brock Lesnar, who was in WWE, went to UFC. Uh, came back to WWE, did one match in the UFC, and now is back in WWE. And then now we have Ronda Rousey, who is fighting uh, her first singles match in WWE tonight. Uh, yeah. So that it's very anticipated. Like I said, it's high octane stuff. Yeah, uh, he gives he so, gives some really good insight onto. Like I don't even watch WWE, and he makes it pretty interesting to listen to. So I'm sure you would enjoy it. Yes. So. Yeah, I don't have anything against WWE. I'm just literally too lazy to get into it. Like, every time it's on and I watch it, I'm like, oh, this is fun. And then, like, I never follow up just because I'm too lazy. I used to be really into WWE, and I still enjoy it when I watch it. It's just, it's hard for me to watch some, it's hard for me to remember to watch something every week. Like, I I missed Riverdale, like, probably 80% of the nights this season. And watch it the next day, just because I would that, forget. For most shows, though, I am bad about, especially if they're really late, I'm just bad about missing them and not knowing what channel to turn to, like for Riverdale being on the CW, but at least Raw and SmackDown are on a popular network like USA, so it's just easy to remember. Yeah. 
So, I mean, you know, I, I used to, I'm not going to say I was into it, but I definitely did uh, have some interest in it back when I had, uh, I was like SmackDown versus Raw on the PS2. Those games were the best. They were pretty dope. And so something I was telling, talking to you all about a little bit before the pod started is that I, I, I'd like to show you all uh, that they have a developmental brand now, and it's so much more even high-octane than even the main roster is, and it's these young and upcoming guys who just put their bodies on the line, and, like, it's incredible stuff. Like, last night was one of the coolest pay-per-views I've ever watched, and the whole product is getting better, so, like, they're making more creative freedom to make these, the flippity flops and flying out of the ring and stuff, and that's the stuff that entertains people. I could go on a tangent about wrestling, though. Do you think uh, Ronda Rousey is going to win the belt? So, and then that's so. This is where the I guess the scriptedness comes in is where typically in the wrestling business you pay your dues. You should not. This is literally Ronda Rousey's first singles competition tonight, ever. It's at a pay per view for the Raw Women's Championship, like and how unbelievably privileged and. Uh, almost elitist that is it would it rubs some of the fan base the wrong way uh, and the fan base while they know it's scripted they want things to still seem organic and so there's going especially and there it's in Chicago which is a notorious crowd for turning on fans who the company tries to push down throats so there's well, a chance that she could get booed can you can you uh yeah can you like expand upon that like I don't quite know what you mean by that yeah uh, so like I said like I said it's people know that it's scripted, and so like right. the fans are very cognizant of stuff. But it almost comes to the point where you can very much read who the company is trying to push is is the term for it, is it push into the start like into the light, and so they they're fine with that as long as it seems organic. So take someone like Ronda Rousey. Yes, she's the baddest woman on the planet, a UFC champion. She could probably fight. Uh, just about anybody and kick their butt in WWE because she's actually a fighter right. in real life. But even then, because it's the WWE, it's almost like it's a slap in the face that she's getting this opportunity ahead of all these other women in the locker room because she's Ronda Rousey. Granted, though, the champion challenged her, and so that's how they tried to kind of take the heat off of her, whereas she didn't try to go over everybody else whereas the champion's like well you're this bad person and I need to show the rest of the locker room that I can that I am the champion and I can beat everybody in this locker room but now, do you think it, that someone like Ronda Rousey or Brock Lesnar needs to pay their dues it's not like there's some nobody coming over well this is different for Brock because Brock started out as a professional wrestler in the Ohio, in Ohio, mm-hmm. Ohio mm-hmm. Valley Wrestling along with John Cena and Randy Orton Batista uh, so it was different for him whereas even right. even in his first few years, he won the WWE Championship relatively quickly. Uh, but, but then again, I mean, Brock is just another type of athlete. And you're saying that Ronda came from the UFC, so she hasn't quote-unquote paid her dues, right? Like I said, she's had one live match, and it was at WrestleMania. And it was a tag team match in which she had very limited in-ring skill, but she it was sort of a thing where she did all of her moves really quickly. And it... it very much excelled in her performance and it was wonderful and it's got raving reviews but she still has not even had her a singles match and this first match is going to be for the raw women's championship so like even for someone of her stature when you're in the wwe you have to fight your way up and lose a couple 
And isn't this this one the champion that challenged her? She hasn't had the belt for that long, right? She won the the title at WrestleMania. I'm not good at wrestling timelines. Uh, but then getting into the <laughs> crowd, like Chicago is one of the most cognizant crowds, and they're very outspoken. Uh, so, a case in point, there's this guy named Roman Reigns, and so he's right. like the case right now where WWE is basically like pushing him down your throats. He never loses, never loses. He experiences like no struggle, and any struggle they that they try to script is not organic, and people can read through it. And so, like, uh, this was actually in Philadelphia where he won the Royal Rumble, and everybody knew he was going to win, and so like that kind of made them bitter. Where, like, they knew that other people were more deserving, but because they liked him, he won, and so like they literally booed him out of the building, and so like. They actually called an emergency plan where The Rock was actually backstage and their cousins. So The Rock went out and raised his arm in order to try to get more support for him. And they still booed him out of the arena. So it's that stuff like the fans are very intelligent and they understand like storylines and things. And they're going to let you hear it when they don't approve. So it, it, it just remains to be seen what happens tonight. Ronda could go out and like just put on a hell of a performance. And the, she actually wins the crowd. And it's all about that, winning the crowd over. But this is one of the hardest crowds to win over, especially when you're this green and you're already getting opportunities like this and jumping other women in the locker room who have who have done this for their entire lives, and specifically in professional wrestling. Now, uh, one thing that the, uh, the crowd in wrestling does, I know they do the, the what chant. Yep. What what is like? I don't know where that came from. Like, like I said, is... there's all these different chants, and they usually it comes from different things. Like it's almost from a place of ignorance. Like in the '90s and stuff, whether it be foreign characters or things like that, they would have accents and stuff, and they would kind of mock them in that way. But also, it's a way to mock bad guys, or, or the term for it's called heels. So when they're trying to rant in the ring, whenever they pause, the crowd says what in order to antagonize them. And so, like, it's a, a give-and-take environment where, like, they're interacting with the wrestlers so they can jab at the fan so they can boo them. I heard it came from when, uh, like, Stone Cold used to do that. Stone Cold, it was very popular for. Because uh, it was for As people well. that would forget their lines. Like, if they were pausing and forget lines, they would go, what? Also, they, also, when he was a good guy, like, all the, the bad guys would yell at him and stuff and say all the stuff, and every time he'd go, what? <laughs> and it would antagonize them and stuff. But there's all these other stuff. Like you have Kurt Angle with his theme music. Uh, we play it in marching band. Uh, oh, yeah. For like and two seconds. For the quarter notes, the dun, 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 dun. It's actually you suck. And the fans have adapted that from when a wrestler said it one time. Just one random time just for a joke. And now it's become like a staple of his songs. And now the fans do it to him whenever he comes out, just out of endearment. And he's smiling about it because he knows that it's just... Uh, uh, in WWE, a reaction is better than no reaction. Fair. Wrestling corner. Yeah, I was, I was just about to say that turned into wrestling. I like how the first thing on our thing was was, was NBA free agency, and that turned into like a 15-minute conversation about wrestling. But that's dope. But like yeah, I said, no. with all this stuff, like we're talking about, it's still, it's high, like octane, it's, it's athleticism. And it's entertainment, and so like, there's all the stigma around it that it's scripted. It, there, are, it's predetermined results, but people still do get hurt. And but I still think if people like, just watch a couple matches. Like I can give you some matches that could probably reel some people in. 
and get them in, invested in the product. And like, and then you start watching a couple of weeks. It's easy to get involved with because, like I said, you're getting all these spectacular moves, but you aren't having to really worry about their safety because they're in a very safe environment and these guys are professionals uh, and getting all that entertainment at the same time. It's a sport like any other. Yeah. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Watch wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all want to move on to NBA free agency? Yeah. Or do y'all want to, y'all want to talk about Kawhi first? It's getting Kawhi crazy. Oh. <laughs> He's, oh. Kawhi's wow. crazy. <laughs> Yo, so, so yeah. I mean, yeah, take it, Kobe. You got Go it. Go for it, David. Oh, you sure? Yeah. Yeah, all right. So from what I understand, uh, this all started from when Kawhi Leonard had his injury. I think it was the Zaza Pachulia injury, right? That started yes. this. So when uh, when Zaza undercut him and, and stuck his foot under his uh, under his leg when he was sh- uh, shooting a jump shot and ended up, I can't remember the specific kind of injury that he has, but I know that it created some uh, a situation where he needed to get an opinion from the medical staff from the Spurs, and. Uh, Kawhi, I guess, whether he didn't quite trust that opinion or just wanted to get a second opinion, he, he, he ended up getting a, a third-party opinion who said, no, you need to stay out longer. And that created some kind of disconnect within the Spurs organization and Kawhi Leonard's camp. And so from that point on, it's just been spiraling. Like, he, like during the playoffs, like he wasn't even on the bench. He wasn't even in the same city. Like He was in New York, I think. Uh, he, he wasn't with the organization. He's just seen he's not communicating. He's not, him and his camp haven't just weren't talking to the Spurs organization. And um, finally, it comes out, I think, two days ago, three days ago, that, uh, was it Shams that tweeted out that... Uh, yeah, uh, I think that, the one that dropped it. he wasn't the one that originally dropped it, but he was the major one that picked it up. Gotcha, so it basically said that Kawhi has uh, made it known that he wants out of San Antonio. Which is a big blow because San Antonio is known for their their uh, their uh, delegation or their uh, their treatment of stars, their medical staff, and so this is all kind of you know seeming like it's kind of a tipping point for the Spurs organization, especially because Greg Popovich has just gone through tragedy. You know he's getting kind of older in his years. I think he might be thinking about retiring, and so it's just getting a little bit iffy for the Spurs. And so now we're at a point where Kawhi. Uh, I think he has one more year on his deal, right? Like he uh, he wants yes, to get he, 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 he wants to get traded is is the is the deal. So he's he is very not happy with the Spurs organization right now. Pop's going on seventy. And yeah, what I thought was especially telling is that Kawhi still hasn't told the Spurs that he want like he hasn't told them officially he wants out. It was rele- released and solely released over social media. Right, yeah, no, he never expressed this directly to the Spurs, yes. So. But no, I just thought it was definitely a bombshell when that came out. Like, it lit Twitter on fire. Well, because you got got theories now that, because one of the destinations that he was talking about wanting to go was the Lakers, and what was one of the destinations that LeBron was probably, or possibly going to? The Lakers. Did y'all see the clip? Huh? I I saw this thing where it, it was like, why was in some interview... He's talking about like, because is he not from California? Yeah, he's from Compton. And so he was saying like, watching the Lakers is the reason he got into basketball, and that's the only like team that he watched when he was growing up, and like that kind of thing where you could tell like, childhood wise that was his team. And so uh, Stephen A. was saying something like, he the the riverfront isn't enough for him anymore. He wants Venice Beach. 
you want some Kawhi medicine, Leonard, please. sneaky Compton. Uh, Yo, that man drives a 97 Tahoe around. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, listen, like, this guy is thinking about turning down a Supermax deal. And when you're turning down a Supermax deal, you know something is bad. I said that Kawhi is sneaky Compton, but those straight backs don't lie. Continue. No, they do not. <laughs> so, you know, but, it's... Uh, so that that leads. So I was listening to the morning gross this morning, um, Sunday, and they were talking about how I think Woj said that Kawhi and LeBron, like LeBron's not going to make any decision without like talking to Kawhi first. Which, you know, Woj is LeBron's like designated reporter for whatever reason, and so that makes you think. LeBron to LA question mark. And listen, if they got a, if they got a big three of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and and uh, LeBron James, I mean that's I mean I'm not gonna say that that's gonna be like a, you know, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be like the team to beat the Warriors because the Warriors are fr- freaking ridiculous, but that's gonna be the closest thing other than maybe Houston. ESPN put out uh they like did a quick photoshop of the three of them in those in the um purple and gold it said who can beat this team and all the comments said the warriors yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's how good the warriors are bro <laughs> there was some speculation like that he was in Houston touring like public schools for his kids well same for like LA that. i mean he was touring schools in LA as well i think in uh, south yeah. not south beach mm-hmm. wow that's miami uh what Long am i thinking beach. of south LA is where I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, yeah, Would they be able to keep guys like Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram on that team? They would likely have to trade. Listen, man. Three of the four out of Ball, Ingram, Kuzma, and Randall. Listen, if you're going to get Kawhi, uh, uh, LeBron, and Paul George, you got to get rid of Kuzma. I mean, they're playing all the same position. You're going to have a bunch of threes and fours. But apparently they said that they would rather have Kuzma than Ingram, which I find outrageous to even consider. Um, the Ingram. rumblings are that if LeBron goes, uh, then Lonzo's out. Oh, really? LeBron would be <laughs> flabbergasted. Yes. I mean, if you want to go, I mean, if you want to move on from Kawhi and just talk about free agency as a whole, I mean, I think there's yes, going to be a ton of moving pieces this this off season, man. It's going to get weird. I think more than ever before, all these other teams are going to be trying to make super teams, anything to try to compete against the Warriors. Well, but even the Warriors, because Draymond was talking about how he thinks he deserves a max deal. Yeah. And, you know, that's stupid. That little that, that dude is going to open the door for Anthony Davis to come into the Golden State Warriors, and then it's over for everybody. Oh my <laughs> God. He kind of does deserve a max deal. Yeah, uh, he does? I thought it was outrageous when he first said it, but the more I think about it, the more I think that Draymond does deserve that super max deal because he is... One of the best glue guys of all time. He is the reason why the Warriors can be the Warriors because if he's Tristan the reason Thompson why they can, can play get small. A max. Yeah, Tristan Thompson can get a max. Well, but that's also Tristan getting a max when he has the same agent as LeBron after the city won its first championship in 52 years. So everyone's value on that team exploded. That's why whenever anyone th- says that Tristan's deal was terrible, I disagree because 
obviously, yes, it isn't a great deal, but you can't say no to that deal when you're coming off a championship when he looked like a max player against Golden State. At the time, that wasn't a bad deal. Now, yes, maybe. But at the time, that was a fantastic signing. Y'all remember when, mm. Joe, Ke- y'all remember when Joe Kim Noah uh, was an MVP candidate? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he has gray in his beard now. Yo, he's looking like he's off of, like, Survivor Man right now. <laughs> Coming out and naked and afraid. Yeah, <laughs> Threw on a basketball uniform. It's wild. Uh, Danny Green, sneaky player option. Oh, wow, yeah. And if everything starts crumbling in San Antonio, he could be on his way out. A re- <laughs> he would be reunited with LeBron, right? Cause he, um... he, was, he started out in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, I know my team can very much benefit from some of these things, especially if they get to sign and trade territory, because I know Julius Randle's on our target list. Clint Capello's on our target list. And that's two teams that LeBron could potentially go to. So like, we could end up being a third-team trade kicker because we've already talked, been uh, open about saying that we could take on other contracts uh, in order to get in on these kind of deals and stuff. We are even looking into getting another pick in the first round uh, with that same intention. Isn't Chris Paul looking for a max deal as well? Yes. Probably, Chris yeah. Paul and LeBron, I would bet the house on neither of them taking a discount because they're the president and vice president of the Players Association or the Players Union and so if either of them took a discount it would look horrible for them especially for Paul this is probably his last like contract tenure where he would get a max deal yes hmm Yogi Ferrell is a oh he's a restricted free agent yeah I didn't know he'd been oh in no league that long we are keeping Yogi no I don't They'd have to give him a max before we let Yogi go because he's done so well for us. I really didn't realize he'd been in the league that long. It's been a while, man. We snuck him up from the G League. He played when Marcus played. Caught fire. He scored 30 in like his second game. Hmm. Anything else free agency wise? Uh, It's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. I think. Because, like, I keep looking at the Warriors and I'm like, that can't last because you can't sign all of these great players over and over and over again. But it's like, if they keep taking, I mean, they keep taking discounts for each other. But I'm just wondering when that's going to gonna end. Yeah, they drafted the, the CBA with the, like, kind of expecting the players to always want money. But now the money's gotten so big that... They can take discounts and be fine yeah i mean not to mention with the draft this year i mean do they have their 30th pick like the champions always do have they traded that i don't know i think that they traded it but i'm not sure this is a fairly like talented draft and they could end up getting at the top steal yo imagine theo on the warriors (laughs) like imagine like no like (laughs) Whether he translates, like imagine like a Dante DiVincenzo going to Golden oh, State. Oh god, that makes too much sense. I just really <laughs> want Grayson Allen to get drafted by Golden State. <laughs> Why? That'll actually give a, a reason for people to hate him. That exactly. I want the bad guy on the bad guy team. I don't know. I heard he might get drafted by the Celtics later in the draft, but I'd fi- be fine with that too. He would fit right in with Marcus Smart. 
I want someone to square up with him in the NBA for real, though. Now, quick draft thing. What do y'all think about uh, Luka Doncic's stock dropping? I think that, I, I, I do not think there's fire to that smoke. He is too talented, and he's been the best player in the Euro League for two years. So it's not like he's been playing with scrubs. He's been playing in the next best talent. Yeah. All I know do is... I think, do I think that he's the next Dirk or the next Manu? I don't know. But he's definitely worth the number one or the number two pick. Like I said, naturally, Mavs Twitter is starting to salivate at the idea of him dropping to five. But I'm wary, and I almost feel like it's sacrilege because, like I said, we drafted the best international or European player of all time. But still, it's a high gamble. And we didn't tank this whole season, and I'm going to say we tanked, uh, to lose out on like a high gamble. That's like fine. This. I want, see, I'm not associated with the league at this moment, so. I don't need my fine. I want Mo Bamba at five. I, I was gonna say because like I think I think Luka Doncic's draft stock correlate like his the drop in his draft stock correlates with Mo Bamba's rise in his draft stock. And it's like because like, what we got like yeah I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think DeAndre Ayton is probably DeAndre. I'm trying to think of the top five picks probably like if I was like right now like DeAndre. Do we want to do a top five all of us? Uh. Can you pull up? We can do it real quick. Are we doing yeah, yeah, yeah. top five as in mock draft or big board? Because I don't know what teams are taking who, but like I can tell you who I think the best players in the draft are. We can do big board. Yeah, let's do big board. So, like, I think... Uh, I do think DeAndre Ayton's the best player in the draft. I agree. I think DeAndre Ayton should go number yeah. one. Yeah, well, I definitely think that. And not, I mean, not to mention, he had that workout with him. He's like, I'm not doing any other workouts because I've heard all I need to hear. He basically uh, said that they're going to draft him. So DeAndre Ayton at one, I think Marvin Bagley is either two or three. Um, I think he has to be. Uh, Him and Luke are interchangeable for me. Yeah, I think Mo Bamba currently, like if that man gets an outside shot, it's over. <laughs> like he's gonna be he's gonna be Giannis but with a jump shot. <laughs> so like I can't pass that up. So I think he's top three. So I would say that I would put. Uh, DeAndre Ayton one, I'd say Mo Bamba two, and then either Marvin Bagley or Luka Doncic three or four. You could probably interchange those two, and then at five, I would say uh, I'm trying to think. Shoot, Jaron Jackson. I was about to say Jaren probably Jaron Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, probably Jaron Jackson. Jaron's been on our draft board as our number two probably if Mo goes, because I I really think we need to go big at this pick, and Luka's a small forward, so. We have HB, uh, and that's really not our needs. Uh, and as with a draft class that this stacked at big, we need to take advantage of that. Either going Mo Bamba if he makes it to five, or Jaron Jackson uh, if he makes it. And I'm I'm not a Trey Young believer, so I think that he's gonna fall, and uh, like the Knicks or something are gonna draft him, and it's gonna be the most Knicks thing in the world. <laughs> the only thing about the Knicks drafting him is that they already have Neil Aquina, so. Unless, yeah. you're, unless you want one of them to play the two, there's not really that much of a fit. But I we're talking about the Knicks here. That's, so. that's fair. I disagree, I disagree with your number. I, I mean, yeah, Neil Akeen is big, so and he I, could play and up. And he's big, enough, yeah. he's big enough to hide Trey Young on defense. That's also true. I'm going to disagree with y'all's number five in Triple J. I think Michael Porter Jr. 
could even be my number four because from a pure talent standpoint, I think he's the best player in the draft. It's just his back injury. Well, that's the thing, though, because I don't think there's enough on him right now. If he's fine, then uh, then I would be fairly confident that he's going to be the best player out of this draft class. But he also carries the risk of being Greg Oden. I I think there's something to that, because before last season, I think we would have all said, yeah, this season's just like going through the motions. He's going to be the number one pick until that injury happened. Um, So I I can see him going higher than expected. It's just, it's hard when you don't, all you know is that he can be really good, but this injury really set him back. You really don't know how much it set him back and if it can happen again. Like, do y'all have any surprise picks? Because I, I definitely think Wendell, someone could take him in the top five. I think someone will reach for Wendell. I don't think he'll go top five. And reach as in go, like, draft him higher than he's positioned currently. Not saying that he doesn't have the talent to go that high. I'm just saying that currently he's like, what, eight, ten, something like that? I, I, was, just, I, was, just, I was just looking at a big board that had him, that had him at seven. Seven? Okay, so, you know, maybe not then. So maybe it wouldn't be quite a reach, as much of a reach as I thought it was. We should move on. Yeah. But this is fun. I like yeah, talking, it was. I like talking about it. Who, it do guys, even who, who do you guys want your teams to take? I don't care. I want Mo Bamba. I really don't have a team. I, I'll have a team whenever LeBron decides where he's going next. We need a front court. Man. <laughs> I, mean, I want Mike. This isn't the NFL. We don't have teams. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think the the Charlotte Hornets need to draft somebody because they don't. We're good on point guard, but we need a small forward or shooting. Or actually, no, we need a shooting guard, like a two or three guy who can uh, who can shoot. That's not Michael K. Gilchrist. I can see them getting a point guard to be behind Kimba. Especially so? if Kimba's not, especially if Kimba's not going to be around after next year. I guess I can see that. I just don't know if they're thinking that. I don't know if we're thinking that far ahead, but yeah. I don't who know. do you see the Cavs taking? I there. want us to take Michael Porter if he's there. If not, then I would want if Marvin Bagley falls. I would want him, but I do not see him falling all the way to eight. But probably one of the big men. I personally could see Colin Sexton running point for y'all. Yeah, that's just me. I can see that. I'm not in love with him, but I like him way more than Trey Young. We should move on. <laughs> can we? I don't know if y'all do this. I forgot to ask y'all before the podcast. But y'all want to take a, a quick second and talk about UNC basketball starting fives potentially because I feel like it's getting really interesting. Like when I've started thinking about it, like we can't. I personally, I would rather talk about it when we like actually see the team play together but that's so far away <laughs> we need speculation i want to speculate now Colby. It's in our blood. <laughs> i want to also, throw out random assumptions kobe. now congrats to kobe on winning his gold medal oh uh, yeah yeah congrats to oh, yeah. future tar hill armando back it, it, has to be, it? <laughs> so if he gets one of the other does that already put him in line for getting his jersey retired or does it have to be the actual Olympics? No, no, no. It has to be a like the a, a, US, a big medal. Yeah, yeah, like a U.S. Olympics yeah. medal. Darn. <laughs> Either way, we could skip it for now. Uh, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, my baseball you're, corner. You're up to bat, Aaron. 
Ha ha ha. Are the bats hot? The bats are hot. The bats are flaming hot. Um, we beat the we beat Oregon State in our first game of the College World Series yesterday, eight six. It was the longest nine inning game in the College World Series history. Yeah. Like I said, an anomaly at David. Whatever, bro. <laughs> it was stressful. Yes, baseball it was very is, stressful. Baseball is too long and not exciting enough for that length of time. We already talked about this. <laughs> I'm just throwing it in there. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Gianluca Delatri, our ace, our starting pitcher yesterday, hurt his arm in the first inning, second inning, I think the second inning, and got taken out. And if you told me that he got taken out very early in the game, I would tell you we had no chance at winning. But our bullpen played very well. We pl- uh, In the last three innings, we used Cooper Criswell, who was supposed to be our starter on Monday. So we'll see what happens with if he starts tomorrow. I mean, he could probably still go a couple innings because he only threw three innings yesterday. He only threw about 30 pitches, but it's a risk. Uh, at first, I was a little worried because, like, we won, but at what cost by going so deep into our rotation? But I'll take what Turner Wallace said: is like, you go deeper into our bullpen, win, and just figure it out on Monday. Exactly. When you're this, when it's a double elimination, when it's this late in the season, you have to play every game like it's a game seven, because you'd rather win and figure it out from there than lose and have to scramble to stay alive. Or game three, as it were. Yes. It, yes. <laughs> and tomorrow, on Monday, we play Mississippi State at 7. That's going to be a stressful game because Mississippi State is the only team in the country that is nearly as hot as we are. They have been unbelievable the past three weeks. And if we are... Tied with them in the ninth inning, I'm going to be very worried about this game because they've won, I think, three games during the college playoffs on walk-offs, and they have been incredibly clutch. And they're good at capitalizing on mistakes. But they're a good hitting team. We're a good hitting team. So it'll be a high-scoring game. There have been a lot of mistakes. The wind has been a huge factor this College World Series. Yeah. Omaha Stadium, TD Ameritrade Ballpark, is an incredibly windy sta- windy place. It's like a wind tunnel, and that plays a huge role in how the outfield plays every year. And so it was to our detriment yesterday. Hopefully it'll work out tomorrow. Cool. Oh, also there were some fun crowd things during the game, WWE-esque things where... Throughout the game, I don't know if you saw any videos of it, Mav, but their left field and right field were going back and forth chanting left field sucks and right field sucks at each other. I did not see that. And it was really funny. I can send you a video of it. Oh, uh, yeah, that's Star Wars being played corner. on an organ during a pitch and change. <laughs> that's funny. Is it time to talk about some content? Some content, TM. I have a thing before we move on to E3. Um, before we talk about E3, uh, Big Brother cast reveal is tomorrow. The cast reveal is tomorrow? It. Oh, yes. sh- it starts in 10 days, doesn't it? Yeah. Holy Very crap. Very sequester. 
We're getting ready. Oh, wow. I'm excited. It's time for my summer sports. <laughs> I, my YouTube uh, rabbit holes recently have all been Survivor and Big Brother challenges. I've been getting myself into the re- reality show groove. So I am pumped for Big Brother to start. If y'all want a Big Brother corner from me, you will definitely get it. Just let me know, and I can definitely oblige. I will participate, too. <laughs> well, let's it. talk about E3. Um, oh, wait, one other content thing. Ah. Um, the new season of... Why are you staring right into the camera? Because I want to. <laughs> the uh, new season of Voltron Season 6 came out on Friday. I've been busy this weekend, so I haven't gotten around to it, but I'm going to watch it soon, so I'm pumped for it. And the new season of Queer Eye on Netflix. Ooh. Hyper Queer Eye. I love that show, bro. And real quickly, I, I was on a YouTube rabbit hole. And I was watching uh, one of my favorite series, Between Two Ferns. Between Two Ferns. <laughs> it's a wonderful show. Please watch it. <laughs> but I, E3, that is definitely a rabbit hole show. <laughs> E3 2018. So, I'm interested. Uh, I know... Colby, you were pretty interested in it. I feel like I was the one that probably went more the most deep dive, deep dive on it. But I know Maverick, you were excited about Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron, I don't know if you watched any of E3. I did not. Okay, so so before I get into what I want to talk about, because I have a list right here, but Maverick, if you want to take a second and talk about Assassin's Creed, because uh, so it's Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and mm-hmm. it's not. It doesn't looked like a traditional Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. So it's set 400 years before the events of Assassin's Creed Origins, which is supposed to be the origin of the Assassin's Order. So it's a little confusing at this moment because it's an Assassin's Creed game and these aren't Assassins. So it's going to be interesting how they tie everything in together. It was revealed that you can play either a male or female character and no matter who you pick, you're going to be the child of Leonidas. So I think that's a nice tie-in to the history. Uh, Interesting. When you reach of age, you are given his broken spear that he used in the Battle of Thermopylae. Uh, and it will be like your primary weapon. I thought that was, it was a really cool thing. It's supposed to have like mythical power that you can upgrade it throughout the game. Uh, but it's, it's a lot of different things incorporating. It seems... And visually, it looks a lot like Assassin's Creed Origins, uh, but they also included some other things where it has a lot more naval battles now where you can get on a boat and fight ships, uh, which was a very popular thing about earlier Assassin's Creed games like Black Flag uh, and Assassin's Creed 3. So a lot of people are excited about that. It's people, but people are a little worried because this is only coming out a year after Assassin's Creed Origins. However, the the game itself has been in development for the past three years, so content-wise, I don't think it's going to be, like, rushed. Like, they've still taken their uh, good amount of time to develop it and hopefully make a great story out of it. So are they trying to... But it's also RPG, uh, where the first time in, like, Assassin's Creed, where you can choose your dialogue and it's actually going to have an effect on the real world and who you end up aligning with. uh, And you can also make relationships based off the answers that you provide so uh, I, I assume there's not going to be a hidden blade in this one no so the spear is supposed to be the hidden blade interesting interesting and, and you won't have a shield so you will have 
the spear blade always equipped and whatever your first weapon is that you want. Interesting. Uh, is this might be a let's play Assassin's Creed for me? <laughs> is uh, so are they trying to delve into like mythology? Like I thought I saw a I clip it's of based Medusa. around the Peloponnesian War. It is on the Peloponnesian War. I hope okay. they get into the Melian dialogue. I learned about that in my war class. Uh, I hope they do get mythical and like they kind of embrace that because I feel like that's some of the best stuff about the Assassin's Creed lore is when they dealt, like they go beyond reality. Mythical. Uh, stop well, worrying like, about the animus and the real life stuff. We, right, because the whole well, point of in, it is playing to these characters. In, I think it was Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood and uh, the other, I can't remember the third one in that series, but didn't like they have the gods like Athena and mm-hmm. you, uh, like Brotherhood Revelations. Revelations. Uh, yep. So, but no, they did. Yeah. They had Athena. They had the gods, and like you could go find their statues. Yeah. Uh, so that could tie in. That could tie in through that way. So, and like I said, that's in the message before all the games where it's like a, the game is supposed to incorporate various creeds, identities, religions, and stuff, and like kind of intertwines all together. And I think that's what makes it so intriguing. But yeah. So we shall so, see. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, I have a long list of things that I would like to run through very quickly, if y'all don't mind. Go right ahead. Uh, okay, so, uh, things started off with, uh, I believe the EA conference, which they, I mean, it was pretty mediocre in my opinion. Um, they talked about Battlefront 2 a little bit, and I think we got, we talked about it briefly last week, about them talking about, uh, them making some adjustments to it. Uh, they announced, um, shoot, what was the other thing that they announced? Uh, Probably the oh, Clone Wars stuff? Yeah, that kind of stuff. And they also announced that they were having, uh, like, independent, or, like, indie developers release games through EA, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Of, of all the things, like, I don't particularly like EA, um, but that's a, that's, that is a cool thing that they're doing, is they're letting indie uh, developers use the EA moniker to, to promote their games. Um, so, like, they have, I think the, the one game was Sea of Solitude. That looks very interesting. Um, so that's cool. Uh, and then next was, I believe, Microsoft, which they actually showed a bit of Kingdom Hearts 3, which I was very excited for because I'm a huge, huge Kingdom Hearts fan, and I'm, I've been waiting a very long time for Kingdom Hearts 3 to come out. And, uh, so that was very exciting. They actually showed two trailers. They showed one um, that confirmed that Frozen is going to be a thing in Kingdom Hearts 3, which is exciting. I've never seen so many grown men get excited for Frozen. <laughs> like, it was actually fantastic. Like, uh, like shrieking about it. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, they showed off some, some stuff from Tangled. Um, some story plot points, uh, just showing off the, the game engine pretty much, and it looks fantastic in comparison to the other games. And then uh, the other trailer that they showed uh, showed off their Pirates of the Caribbean world, which also looks fantastic because I don't know I don't know how many people that are listening have played Kingdom Hearts two, but when you went into that the Kingdom uh, when you went into the Pirates of the Caribbean world, the art contrast was so drastic. That it was actually threw it was me off. Weird. It threw it threw yeah. me off so much because the art the art styles were contrasting, and so seeing this and it just changes so drastically. It's 
I think because they're like actually real people, so they had to make them look like Johnny Depp and Orlando Bloom. Yeah, and... exactly. And so seeing them meld the like like meld the two kinds of art styles to create one that is coherent was so exciting to see. Um, and on top of that, they showed off that there would actually be. It looks like there's like ship battles <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts Three, which is going to be interesting to see. Um, there's like swimming mechanics. You can run vertically up walls, which I think we knew already, but it was still really cool to see. Um, gave some more plot points. Um, Try to remember the end of this trailer. Uh, showed off some Wreck It Ralph stuff, and it just all around looking like I'm. Like, I, I'm ready. Like I, my body is ready for this game. So <laughs> I think I think Wreck It Ralph is going to be a summon. But my thing with ships. Get me in and out of that gummy ship as fast as oh, possible. Oh, that's right. They like, shot off the I gummy ship. Right. Yep. Do not care about the gummy ship. The... I hate the gummy ship. The gummy ship can die. <laughs> it can go away forever, and I will not care. That's... I hate the gummy ship. That's like everyone's reaction to it, I feel like. But, I mean, that's okay. <laughs> but um... Do you like the gummy ship? No. No way. <laughs> <laughs> no. I hate the gummy Yo, I got that music stuck in my head, and I wanted... I... It was just... Oh, it's so bad. Like... Whatever it's the equivalent, it's the Kingdom Hearts equivalent of it's a small world, pretty much. <laughs> also, the World Cup theme for Fox kind of sounds like the Hollow Bastion music. Yo, that's true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> anyway, I I have some. Are you done? Um, I have more stuff, but if you want to go, you can keep going. You might talk about something that I was also going to talk about. No, mine is like something like meta commentary oh, about go this for it. E3. Yeah. So like, finish your oh okay, no, just... finish your like actual commentary. Oh okay, okay, that's fine. Uh. Next one that I was pretty excited about was uh, Spider-Man on PS4. Um, there hasn't been a decent Spider-Man game since Spider-Man 2 came out on PS uh, PS2. Um, so I'm really interested to see how well this does because by the looks of it and by the way that people have been talking about it that tried the demo, um, they're saying that this has the potential to be better than that one. Um, because the thing that a lot of developers haven't gotten right since that game was how to manage swinging through the city. Like, nothing has felt quite as fluid or as fun as Spider-Man 2 on PS2. So, no, nobody's quite captured that, but from what I've been hearing, people have been very positive about it. Um, and so I'm excited to see that. It looks very intuitive. Yes, exactly. Um, and it has kind of like an Arkham, a, like a Batman Arkham Asylum style fighting, like, like fighting mechanic, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, kind of like Shadow of Mordor, for people that haven't played that, uh, or haven't played Arkham. Uh, next one I want to talk about was Microsoft uh, blue balling everyone. Uh, they showed off a skating game, uh, and everyone was so hyped because they thought that they were announcing Skate Four. And at the very end, it showed off that it was a new game called Session, and everyone just blew up <laughs> everywhere because they were so angry <laughs> because they thought it was Skate Four. Um, so that was another one. Uh, and lastly, I want to talk about the uh, Sony conference. Uh, a couple of good ones. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is probably my one game from E3 that I was surprised to see because I had nothing about it. It's by the people. It's by uh, Sucker Punch Studios. Um, I think it's the same people that made um, cra- not Crash Bandicoot, um, Sly Cooper, the Sly Cooper games, and it looks so beautiful. Uh, no, I saw very, a gameplay of that, and it looked incredible. It looks Were fantastic. You the samurai? Yeah, all the samurai right. going on. It's uh, when oh, yeah. the Mongols invaded Japan and everything, and it, it just looks phenomenal. Um, very beautiful game. Uh, Last of Us 2. Um, 
that's all that was already going to be a day one buy for me because I love the first one so much. But they showed off gameplay, and it looks fantastic. Um, and I cannot wait to cry as soon as I buy it. Um, let's see. And then you good. And then uh, last thing I want to talk about was oh. Uh, Elder Scrolls 6, quote-unquote, uh, they just showed off a screen with a bunch of mountains with Skyrim music behind it, and it's popped up Elder Scrolls 6 on the screen. So I guess that means it's in development, I think. Um, but yeah, there's a couple other things I could probably talk about, but I don't want to... We're already kind of running low on time, so Colby, you can go ahead and take it with your meta commentary. Yeah, I thought one of the, one of the cooler things that come out of E3 is that there's a lot of female women protagonists in these games, which is really cool. Uh, Battlefield Five, including female soldiers for the first time. Um, the Last of Us. Ellie. Um, Ellie, we, my girl. A woman, a gay woman as the main protagonist of that yep. story. That was one um, thing. Before you move on from that, I, I, there were some people that were complaining about the fact that they didn't know that Ellie was bisexual. And I just want to point out, did you play, play the, the DLC? DLC? <laughs> like, did you just skip over that? Like, that, it's very clearly articulated in the first game. But, you know, let's just gloss over that point. <laughs> um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, you can play a female main character if you want. Yeah. Um, and also Gears of War 5 yes. um, is starring a uh, uh, woman main that was character. The most, so. That was the most interesting one because Gears of War 5, like, the Gears of War series has been the most, like, testosterone, like, injecting series in the entire, like, probably in the entire world. <laughs> So it's like that's like it's cool. It's really cool to see them like put a, a female lead in that, which I'm excited for that one. So it's cool. Uh, we're seeing a little bit of a of a shift in the gaming landscape, which is I. It sucks that it took Gamergate, which happened good lord like two years ago. Is it really already been two years? It's been a while since Gamergate. Wow. <laughs> um, and like a lot of things to get to this point, but I'm glad we're here now. Um. So yeah. Yep. All in all, pretty good E3. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Oh, here's uh, Darius's uh, uh, obligation for a Battletoads reference. I never really played it, but I know a lot of people are excited for Battletoads. So. <laughs> yeah. Eat. All right. Talk Incredibles. Oh God, we haven't even gotten to Incredibles. I forgot. I know. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to skip some of these questions. We'll get to them next week. <laughs> um. But yeah, let's talk about it. Let's let's just do reactions since um, Mav hasn't seen it. Um, right, okay, so no spoilers for this one. It's still been pretty the, early. Let's talk about this short first. That short <laughs> hit me in the feels. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say anything about it. I just want to say that it made me feel strange. <laughs> it's It was strange, and I felt lots of things over... It was a, it was a roller coaster before it... That whole, before, mm-hmm. like before Incredibles two even started, and you just go through this emotional roller coaster for this short, and you're just, it, it, yeah, I liked it. It was it was good. It's just uh, it is strange, but I liked it. It all wraps itself in a nice little bow at the end. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but you're but yeah, confused for a while. <laughs> it's so confused. <laughs> <laughs> it's very strange. But the movie, um, Incredibles two, directed by Brad Bird. 
Um, incredible director. Everything he touches turned to, to gold except for Tomorrowland. Um, <laughs> He's directed like Iron Giant. Uh, I believe he directed. He have directed another really good movie, animated. Movie. Uh, he did Ratatouille. Ratatouille. That's um, it. The first Incredibles. He did voice work and directed and wrote it. Um, Damn. The guy's good. Wasn't yeah. Giacchino on score? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Michael Giacchino on the score. Um, Phenomenal. I really loved how they wove the main theme into the story. Um, God, it's so great. Like, y'all go, because I, I do have some things I want to touch on, but y'all go first. I, I mean, Aaron, actually, you go. You've been silent for a little while. I know you're dying on the inside, so go. Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> That was a very fun movie. Not as good as the original Incredibles, but worth 14 years in my opinion. I thought the music was excellent. The story was a little bit predictable in my opinion. More than a little. I thought the twist that they were trying to throw in was a little was, was predictable. But, but I, I wasn't 100% accurate on the twist, but I saw the twist coming. And like, I'll say that. Somebody, somebody else said this in another review that I saw, but it's like, I... Like, there was always this notion that a movie, a superhero movie is only as good as its villain. And I think that this movie kind of goes against that because I didn't particularly care about the villain, but I actually really enjoyed this movie anyway. So it's like, like, even separate from all the action-y parts, like, I enjoyed watching all of the domestic stuff that yes, I Bob, agree with that. Bob Parr was going through. Like, I thought that was hilarious. Like, There's a lot of sitting and talking in this movie, which I love. There was there was uh. there was a conversation between Elastic Girl and I can't remember her name, the sister of the uh, the billionaire, the one that designs yeah. things, and they were having a conversation about like uh, being a like it was like uh, I'm trying to remember the specific conversation, but it was a conversation about uh, it was a conversation about like how uh, like oh, I'm trying to remember like how this woman fit into something like into the company or whatever and uh elastic girl was talking about like from both sides of like the cynic side of her and the 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 believer side of her and i was like this is a very grown-up conversation that they're having right now with drinks in their with hand whiskey with alcoholic with some, like, drinks in their hand. <laughs> i was like whoa bro it's a it's very mature i won't say grown-up it's a very mature pixar movie yes um, it's not like adult theme. It's not like it's adult. Quote. It's like PG thirteen or, or rated R. It, it just it is. It has very poignant themes that uh, seep through more than just like surface level like kids movie stuff. Yes, definitely. Um, I thought that Bob Odenkirk was a fantastic casting choice as Winston. He did a very good job. Winston's the billionaire. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yep, nope, that works. Yep. He was a very, very good voice actor. Yes. I love his voice. It took me almost like half Michael the movie Scott. to real. What? Bob Odenkirk, almost Michael Scott. Yes, it took it. It oh, took me half. It took me half the movie to realize it was Saul Goodman. Uh, but then it clicked, and <laughs> I thought he did a very good job. He does a good job of conveying that like eccentric billionaire voice. Um, also, something I thought that was interesting is that the whole movie, they, like, only refer to Frozone as Lucius, whereas in the first movie, they only call him Frozone. I don't know oh, if y'all yeah. noticed that. I don't know, because I had some more... Well, no, because, like, in the first movie, they when he was out, out of his seat, out of his suit, 
they called him Lucius. That's true, but in this one, even when he was in the suit, they called him Lucius. Really? I, I, can't, I didn't quite catch that. With the, I, I well, that. he's more of an active character in this movie. Yeah, that's true. So you, you humanize him, you call him by his real name. That's fair. I think that he's the most overrated power out of all of them. What? His power uh, sucks. He was doing it's, some work, though. He was doing work. That, that was the first... The end was the first time that his power had ever been effective. His power is only good for slowing something down for, like, two seconds, <laughs> and then they break through it. I, I like... Uh, this, so this isn't a, a huge spoiler. It's not, like, going to be a spoiler for anything, but I saw a meme that was, like... It was a guy holding a baby... And it was I keep that mo- I keep that I keep that that uh, the strap on me, and I was like <laughs> it was like Incredibles two spoilers without context. I was like that's fan- I got it after um, the movie. <laughs> I love that's in trailers like it's not spoilers. Um, I think this is also not a spoiler because it's in trailers, but you know, um, Bob the the dad he he has to take care of the family in this in this story, and I like how they didn't make him like dumb dad that doesn't know how to do anything i appreciate how they were like he's not incompetent he's trying his best and he is tired and he's worn out but he's really trying his best and he's learning how to how to be a dad yeah um which i thought was was really good um my biggest complaint is with was with the villain. Um, I think that their motivation is real dumb. Um, I don't think anyone could live up to to, to syndrome. But. Syndrome was so great, and that's a, that's literally the only reason I don't like this movie better better than the original Incredibles. Um, oh, that was a, it was so good though. It was so fun. It was funny. It was Edna was super exciting. funny again. Yo, that Edna scene is fantastic. That was so funny. Does it open it up for a third? You know, it, yeah, it kind of it could. Yeah, yeah, like it didn't leave it. Any, it didn't leave anything as as wide open as the original Incredibles did. But it definitely does lead itself to to uh, the potential of a third. Fourteen nothing more is, years to go. Yeah, nothing. Nothing as cliffhangery as as Incredibles one. <laughs> We're gonna be thirty-five years old rolling into that. Rolling <laughs> into that movie. I'll just point out for for Aaron and, and Colby the diner scene, and I feel like you know what I'm talking about. I was actually cackling in the theater when they went. Oh to Oh my the god, diner. that was so yeah, that funny. was really funny. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> like I was actually in my chair laughing like really hard. It was really funny. Um, let's do scores. Uh, I said this on Twitter. Uh, I thought it was a great. It didn't. It doesn't really suffer from sequelitis like I thought it would be. Um, I had some concerns going into the movie. They put them to rest very quickly. Um, this is definitely a very good. Not just a good sequel. It is a good movie. So I, I, I will give it like an eight point nine out of ten. I would also give it. I would probably give the first one like a nine point two. Yeah. Um, I'll give this one an eight point nine just because there are some story things that don't quite make sense with the themes and the, um, just like generally how the story's going. Um, but again, great, great movie. Yeah, great movie. I'll give it an eight point seven. I'll echo the same things as you guys, and I think that the villain. Could have been a bit better, but it was still 
an excellent movie. Was, I think they could have been a lot better. It was a cool premise. I yeah. Lie. It was a cool premise. It was just... The, the powers are cool. Yeah. Their motivation was dumb. Yeah, yeah I would no, agree yeah, with that. that. Yeah, that's what I meant. But I also think that Twitter? it was good that this movie wasn't as much about the villain as it was about yeah, them. Yeah, it, it is very much about the, um, about the family. It's all about Jack-Jack, bro. All right? <laughs> it's about Jack-Jack. Pachu, pachu. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Uh, yeah, Twitter. Sure. Um, I'm gonna jump around because we're definitely gonna have to come back to some of these next week. Yeah. Um, because we need something to fill airtime. Uh, uh, at Turner Metlicott, uh, this may be too saucy, but where do you personally draw the line between um artists and art? Uh, for example, could you recommend the past House of Cards to someone knowing what we do? now about Kevin Spacey. I can start on this yeah, to give it. y'all time to think. Um, for me, I, I can delineate art and artists. Um, we all have... I think... I re- truly do think that we all make our exceptions. Um, I like We all know that James Brown was a notorious um, spouse abuser. But we still herald him as like one of the greatest musical minds of all time. Um, I, what gets hard for me with art and artists is when like a comics work can no longer be separated by what they did to become infamous. I, I think specifically about Chris Brown singing about like womanizing when he is a convicted abuser. I think about Louis C.K. telling jokes about being crappy to women when in real life he's actually crappy to women. I think about R. Kelly um, having an album called Age Ain't Nothing But a Number when he has a weird sex cult where of underage women or underage girls. Yeah. Um, I think that that's the line for me. For House of Cards, like I, okay, I, House of Cards got boring for me anyway. Um, like it, Kevin Spacey, the stuff coming out about Kevin Spacey just made it easier for me to not care about the last season of House of Cards. Um, but that's what it is for me. I'm pretty much along the same lines. Um. Like, when you got people, like, I mean, like, not to, I mean, I don't know, like, when you got, like, uh, when you got, like, Kanye out here being the way he is, like, I didn't listen to Ye, uh, just because I don't feel like supporting the artist that he has now become slash is becoming, so, like, like, when you have artists that are problematic, I actually do try to do my best to avoid them, so, like, here's the thing, like, if something came out about Frank Ocean, where he decided, like, if someone came out about, like, Frank, like, cause I, I only say this because he's one of my favorite artists of all time. Something came out about Frank Ocean that, that, uh, he was just a really crappy human being. Like, he did something really terrible, um, along whatever lines you want to talk about. Like, I would not support that artist past that point forward, but I feel like I can still, kind of, like, enjoy the artistry before that, kind of. Like, I think it's a little harder with comedians, like with the Louis C.K. thing, 
Um, so like I, I like like I would still enjoy like Channel Orange and and, and Blonde. It, I I think I could provide a better example if you've watched uh, Parks and Recreation after what has come out about Aziz Ansari. Right. Yeah. If you continue to watch that, I think it's just another example. Like that's a good example. Well, well like when you think about a show. Like, do you not watch it even though there's other really good people involved? Like, like when I think about a movie, like, if you were talking about, like, uh, The Usual Suspects, if we're going on Kevin Spacey, like, that's a fantastic movie. And a lot of work and, and great directing and producing and other people acting, like, went into that. But, like, does that, does Kevin Spacey himself detract from that being a great movie? Like, would y'all I think, sure. I think the difference with the Aziz Ansari, at least for me, Mav... I feel like I can still watch Parks and Rec and love Parks and Rec. I can't watch Master of None and still love Master of None like I did mm-hmm. because that show is so much about his relationships. Yeah. It's hard for it's really hard for me to watch that show knowing what I do know now. So for me, that's my line. For Kanye, um, like, I didn't listen to Ye, but I listened to the Pusha T album, and I was going to listen to the Nas album before I heard it was boring. Um, <laughs> so, like, it's... I mean, you, I won't give him my listens for, like, his music, but, like, I'll still listen to his beats. So, like... There is no ethical conception in late-stage capitalism, is what I'm trying to say. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, it's a fair point, yeah. Aaron? I don't know. I mean, I've been thinking about it. And I don't know. There's not really a right answer. Like, no, there's not. That's the, that's the point. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I know. But I'm saying, like, I don't know what kind of line I would draw because, like, it's not like I necessarily take that into consideration when I'm like, should I watch this on Netflix? And I do feel like you can somewhat, depending on like. Like in the off, the people from the office say that, uh, what's her name that played Kelly has something like that. Like that shows Mindy not, Kelly. yeah, Minnie Kaling, Kaling, whatever. Yeah, whatever term one is, yeah. Like if she had a scandal, like she is a major character in the show, but she's not like one of the core five or six characters. So I feel like you can somewhat separate it from that. But if Steve Carell had a scandal, he is the office. So I feel like that somewhat plays into it. Similar to what you were saying about Aziz Ansari and Parks and Rec, where obviously he is a major character, but he's not Amy Poehler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, tr- I try not to judge people by where they put their line just because I know that everyone makes their exceptions for something. Um, so, yeah. You want to talk about something lighter? Yes. Yes, please. Uh, Hannah Macy wants to know our Hogwarts houses. Didn't we already talk about this? I think we sorted. Because y'all hated on me for it. We had that whole Hufflepuffs, our good finders conversation. Yeah, because y'all hate Hufflepuff. Yeah. I don't hate Hufflepuff. That I just right. don't think they're particularly useful. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord 
I, I'm gonna get a lot of hate on Twitter for that one. <laughs> the the only reason I brought this I put this question in there is because I just finished Half Blood Prince. Um, that was a really good book, and I'm really I I started on um, Deathly Hollows today, so I'm almost done, almost at the end. Fair. Uh, it's a good time. Well, we went through this. I mean, like, I'm I'm a Ravenclaw. I'm pretty sure, Colby, you're also Ravenclaw as well, right? Yep. I'm a and ginger. And then uh, you were the Gryffindor, the ginger Gryffindor, and then Aaron was the Hufflepuff. Correct. Surprised, still surprised that none of us were Slytherin, because I feel like one of us could have been Slytherin. <laughs> if anyone, I thought I was going to be Slytherin, but... I was going to say, I think you're the more, the most likely to be a Slytherin. I took a, I took a, I took a dual house, uh, uh, like, test, and I was Ravenclaw Slytherin, so... I was Ravenclaw Hufflepuff. I would be a Gryffindor Ravenclaw. I don't remember what I was. <laughs> uh, one last quick question, and then we will save the rest um, for next week. For next week, and add some more. That one can be. I keep saying we're gonna have a question heavy episode, but because I'm indecisive, we keep finding content, <laughs> bro. Yeah. Um. So Mo, I do want to talk about soccer. I really do. Oh. Uh, the just real. It's really quick. The Iceland um, Argentina game that was a win for Iceland, even though it was a draw. Um, Messi to choker. Uh, I'm not sure Portugal has enough um, besides Ronaldo to win. Um, Mexico pulling off the upset was re- was actually shocking to me. There we talk about soccer. Um, I echo from Andy Ryan Duel. <laughs> Sorry, uh, if you could- Germany. I was pulling for Germany too. Okay, real quick. Oh, if you turn any TV show into a movie, or if you turn any TV show or movie into a musical, what would it be? I have my answer. Go for it. Plural. So y'all can think. I think it'd be really funny answer. if The Office became a musical. They'd I have think to. That would be good. They'd have to compress it a lot. But yeah, you could turn it into it. They, they could make it work. I think the entire Arrowverse on the CW should be a musical. They all <laughs> sing anyway. They that had that one. They had that one musical episode like two seasons ago, and I need that every episode all the time. Yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about too. Super Friends. <laughs> oh God, uh, this is hard. Game of Thrones. No, I'm just kidding. No, that would be a good one, man. Oof. This is tough. This is really tough. Riverdale kind of, kind of is a musical is a little bit. A little yeah. Bit. Yeah. So that's, that'd be kind of that wouldn't be quite, quite on 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 par with the with the question. Uh, movie. I'm trying to think of movies as well. I've got it. Go for it. Minion musical. Nope. We're not going to go there. They don't say words. <laughs> Try to think. Hold on. I can hear you. Thank you. I know. The gears in my head are really turning, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't do this. That stresses me out. Uh, actually, I would like to see uh, It as a musical. <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> that would be interesting, would it not? That would be something. 
don't know oh, if I'd go see it. Like, but it'd be would something. it be like a Carrie the Musical type thing? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see Pennywise in the drain, in like the sewer drain, singing to Georgie. Mav, Sarah what about a Quiet Place musical? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. That would be fantastic. Well, they're just, like, they're, basically they're, si- they're, they're signing with music in the background. Oh, God. Gently toe-tapping. <laughs> oh, my God. And then they get eaten. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <sighs> Anything else this past week? Nope. It's been a wild week. Yeah. Um, happy Father's Day. Yeah, happy, happy Father's Day. Day. Um, shout out to all the people having a tough time on Father's Day. This is not a happy day for everybody. Lots of love to you. Lots of love to everybody. Love y'all. Alright, should I hit this outro? Yeah. Hit it, boy. Uh, so if you want to find us, you can do that at tinyurlcom varsity. Leave us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. Anything you like or didn't like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter at NeverMatePod. Thank you, Jake, for the theme music. Uh, remember that we have children in camps, and we'll see you next week. Throwing in that activism at the end, bro. Adios. Adios. Uh...